Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, we're going to take a look at the week three news. Uh, there's there's a lot of it again, and we're going to look at our top ten Dynasty quarterbacks. It, it seems like this year, more than ever, quarterbacks have been uh, in the news with injuries, with some disappointing play, with some guys uh, kind of coming out of nowhere. We'll take a look at those on the back half of our show, but we have to begin by talking about Saquon Barkley. The The ankle injury, diagnosed as a high ankle sprain, sounds like he's out at least a month, maybe even two months. Uh, and we, we were talking earlier, Matt, he, he's basically done for the fantasy regular season, at least uh, if it's worst case scenario. Wayne Gallman is the next guy up. You have to think they're going, the Giants are going to... Uh, add another running back. Maybe that's Rod Smith, who was with them in the preseason. I, I don't know. Spencer Ware is out there. Jay Ajayi is out there. It's 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 pretty ugly sledding. Um, wh- what are you what are you doing with this situation? Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. I don't think you can buy or sell Barkley if you had him at a reasonable price. You know, you just hang on to him and rough you know handle the, the the rough water and try to get out of it i gotta think gallman's gonna be the guy though and all of a sudden you know you, i mean if this was a week ago i'd look at this offense and be like yeah but it really doesn't matter who the back is i can't start yeah. him anyways it's gonna be miserable but i know it's only one game but they look so reinvigorated i mean just a quarterback that can make plays with his legs and push the ball and throw the ball and Sterling Shepard, buy him now if you still can. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, I'm not saying they're the Chiefs, but the Giants are a viable offense, and I want their running back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point, and I totally agree. I was thinking the same thing, that if this is, honestly, if this is with Eli Manning under center, it doesn't matter much because if it's not Saquon Barkley, we, we just want to avoid the situation, but that's not the case. Uh, and we'll we'll talk more about Daniel Jones a little bit later, but uh, yeah, if, if Wayne Gallman's on your waiver wire in a dynasty league, even in a redraft league, honestly, any format, uh, he is easily the top target of the week, and he's another guy we we've talked about it the past couple weeks on this show. He's another guy I would be spending uh, my entire remaining balance for to to get this guy and. and to get a, a starting fantasy back for the next month or, or maybe even two months. So you'd go that heavy on him. I mean, that was about to be my next question for you is let's pretend I still had a thousand dollars left. Would you go 900 of it? I mean, would you go pretty much all in? Yeah, basically with the, I think the running back landscape, we're gonna, I said we were going to talk quarterbacks today, but the running back landscape is, is really rough right now. We started the season with this, in, in Dynasty, a top tier of four guys. Now we've got Barkley going down. We've got Kamara without his quarterback, although it didn't look like that changed much uh, in week three. And then, of course, Zeke and, and McCaffrey. That second tier, other than Dalvin Cook, none of those guys, I mean, you can argue that the entire second tier has lost value other than Dalvin Cook. I mean, you're talking about Joe Mixon, Carry on Johnson, James Conner, all, all of the rookies 
And we'll get in get into a couple of those mm-hmm. as well. Um, Josh Jacobs but, for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Connor's right. really so, low. Yeah. So you look at um, you look at a guy who might be a flex starter for you and an RB two for you for the next month or two, and, and that becomes insanely valuable. Yeah. So yes, yeah, I yeah, guess I would, right. I would spend I would spend whatever I had left on him. Um, uh, you know, it's it's clear that as the weeks go along, that that waiver wire money uh, becomes less and less valuable. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, if you've been saving your money, I know it's only week three, but this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. So you know, don't finish the year with a bunch of it in your pocket. It doesn't. It's not worth anything. All right, Matt. Let's say you are a contender. You're three and zero in your dynasty league, and Saquon Barkley was the the centerpiece of your team. You said earlier you don't think you can trade him. What if you have the chance to pivot to one of those other three backs that I just mentioned, hmm. McCaffrey, Kamara, or Zeke Elliott? You can make the one-for-one deal, and and now you've got your running back, not only for the next couple of years, but for the next eight weeks. If I'm a contender, though, that? right? Right. I mean, if I'm – yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the gap is small enough. You know, Zook designed a new contract. They're all um, in it for the long haul as running backs go. Barkley's a little younger, but not leaps and bounds. Yeah, I think so. I mean, instead of really being on the short end of this year. Yeah, yeah. So move move Barkley for one of the other three. Are, are you going to move him for Dalvin Cook even up? Yeah. Yeah, I think, oh. I think there's a big five now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do. I'm I'm not quite there yet, and and I would not move Barkley for Dalvin Cook, but uh, I'm I'm at least intrigued that you would. And like I said, of of those guys that were in that second tier, or if you want to go even deeper than that, Cook is is almost the only one who has um, has played well this season, and and certainly has gained some dynasty value. If if there's not a big five yet, it's it's pretty close, right? And, you know, the knock on Cook is health. And, well, Barkley's hurt. You know, like, backs get hurt. Let's talk about another running back, um, a guy that, that I really liked. I think you did as well, Matt, one of these rookies who is not doing so well so far. Miles Sanders, Eagles rookie. That Kind of the thought with him was, especially after um, looking at, at that situation with Philly, was that Jordan Howard would probably – start the season as the starter and then Miles Sanders would eventually take over and, and, and become a fantasy, a fantasy starter. It's kind of going the other way. You look at the, the snap percentage that Miles Sanders has played. He played 48% of the snaps in week one, week two, that, uh, that dropped down to 43. And this past week in week, uh, week three, he played 34%, virtually a three-way split with Sanders, Howard, and Darren Sproles, and and we know that neither Sproles or Howard uh, are the future there for Philly. But when we're dealing with the present, we maybe you were thinking of Miles Sanders uh, again as a guy who's an RB two or a flex starter for you. Uh, suddenly, uh, that's that's not feeling so good. So what are you doing with Miles Sanders? I would attack him right now. Uh, I would love to get, get him at probably an unhappy owner's um, behest and. My only worry with him is the fumbling. I mean, the fumbling is... That's why he's not playing more snaps. He is a ridiculous fumbler going back to Penn State. 
and his style of play doesn't lend itself to changing that. He's always trying to hit the big play. You know, he's a risky runner. Like we talk about Jameis Winston and Fitzpatrick and guys that are risky, you know, quarterbacks. He's a risky runner that probably will continue to turn the ball over. But I just think the Eagles' offense is in kind of a mess right now just because of all the wide receiver injuries and the best days are ahead. And I think he's going to go past those other dudes. Maybe you have to wait till next year till he's startable, but that's not so bad. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I don't think his his dynasty owners would be panicking yet. Um, but but if, if there's any sense of that, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I would be buying buying him up. I do think he would still cost a 2020 first rounder. Are you parting with that for him? That's about fair to me. You know, like, I don't know that I'd get rid of him for two seconds or, you know what I mean, but I don't know that I would give up a first. And that's often the case in these trades is it's fair. You think you're pouncing, but no one's going to give him away. You know, maybe you have a wealth of young receivers and he needs a receiver. You know what I mean? Maybe you can work it out for players instead of picks, but I think you're dead on with the, the value. Yeah, I think for me I would be... I'd be trying to sell one of these other disappointing running backs who has some name value, even if I have to add a little to it. So uh, add something to Sony Michelle to get him. Yeah. Add something to Devonte Freeman to get him. Mm-hmm. I have to add, add a little bit more to, to Freeman. Second? Um, I mean, like, are you adding a second to those guys? Or yeah, probably. Yeah, would, right. Honestly. So it only um, costs you first to buy them and. Freeman in a second gets, you know, I mean, it's weird that that's the currency, but that's something I'd give up. I'd give up Freeman in a second, but I don't know I'd give up a future first. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette or Sanders? Fournette. Okay. How about Connor? So, man. I'm these, down these on running him. backs. These running backs are also disappointing. I, I don't know. You tell me. You're, you're the Pittsburgh guy. Well, um, how, how bad is it? Um... I think it'll get better, but I've always been, like, I don't own Connor anywhere. I've always thought he's an average NFL running back, and it's not too long from now until his contract's up. I don't know that he'll be back. Doesn't do a lot in the receiving game. The offense is amongst the worst in the league, but I can't give him to you for Sanders straight up. I'm starting to wonder if if Mike Tomlin is going to survive the season. I think it's debatable at this point. I mean, they better... okay get it together soon let's let's go the other way let's talk about and a couple of encouraging players who are, are are breakout players in this young 2019 season I think one of these was uh, widely projected or, or at least hoped but this first one was not DJ Chark uh, second year wide receiver for the Jaguars week one he was wide receiver 11 week two wide receiver 13 week three wide receiver 17 so he's He's going the wrong direction a little bit, but he's certainly been the the focal point of that passing offense and and making some big plays. Uh, while while Dede Westbrook has been a little bit disappointing, lots of drops for Dede, uh, and, and we we already know about the quarterback change. We talked quite a bit about that last week with uh, with the move to Gardner Minshew, the rookie after the the Nick Foles injury. I, I mean, I'm. This is not a guy coming out of LSU that I was a believer in at all. And then we see his rookie season last year, and uh, I felt a little uh, vindicated with that. Just that, yeah, he's he was overdrafted, 
but now, I mean, he's he's making plays, and we, we have to pay attention to, to DJ Chark. Oh, we definitely have to pay attention to him, and his stock is skyrocketing. I'm kind of with you, though, that I didn't love him coming out of LSU, so it takes me a lot to change my mind on a player. I don't have him anywhere. And I'm not saying that he is at an apex moment or anything like that, but uh, next year, could they add a real tight end or a true number one receiver? You know what I mean? Like, I think he'll be the man to own in Jacksonville this year, but I don't know that he projects as a wide receiver one or two for his career. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where I am as well. I, I do like to see him succeed because, I mean, he's he's just made some – some really exciting plays for that yeah. team that we don't we don't typically think of uh, as as being a big a big playmaking team in general. They're you know they're relying on the running game typically, and uh, he's he's kind of changing the mindset there almost, or, or at least my mindset about that team. Uh, but I, I do think if I've got him, especially if I grabbed him off the waiver wire, if I took him late in a startup this year, something like that. I think I would I would be considering cashing out. I think you can get I think you can get more than a second rounder for mm-hmm. him. So we're talking maybe two seconds, maybe a second and a third, maybe a second and a, a disappointing wide receiver that you like a little bit. Those are some some options for DJ Chark though, and and I don't mind selling right now. No, I think it's a prime time to do it. Um, their quarterback situation probably will not be optimal for the next couple of years, or at least the next, you know, 20 games or so. Um, and you look at the receiver class for next year, I'd like most of those guys more than him. Yeah, even getting into that second round. So if you're getting a second rounder plus for him, that's that's a nice return. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the player that a lot of people had some high hopes for, and he is living up to that, is... Uh, the Raiders tight end Darren Waller, uh, a guy who was drafted in Baltimore, started out as as a big wide receiver, made the transition to tight end. He's had some serious injuries. He's had some suspensions and and off field uh, issues. It it looks like he's overcome all of that and uh, is taking that Jared Cook role and and doing even more with it. He was tight end seven in week one, tight end eight in week two. Tight end one in week one, I'm sorry, in week three, and caught, Matt, I, I think he caught 13 passes for over 130 yards. I, I had to look up the numbers. He was only the 15th tight end to do that in NFL history, so obviously a huge game from him. Three, three huge games. He's the tight end three overall on the season. Uh, and, and, I mean, we know the, we know the deal with Antonio Brown there that, that he's gone, he he kind of uh, wrecked their plans and, and took their main target away. So Darren Waller is their new top target, it seems. I'm all in. I, I absolutely believe in the guy. I will say, and this is going to sound coarse, but, I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, I mean, he just flat out says, hey, I'm an addict, and could he relapse, relapse tomorrow and all of a sudden he's suspended? You know, like... There's a little risk in, a, in addition to every player's risk that I don't think you should ignore as a dynasty owner. Is But he seems like he sure has his life in order and he's playing really well. Looks great on the field. I was really impressed last year how Gruden schemed up Jared Cook. And this guy to me is a very similar player. Long strider, 
more receiver than blocker for sure. And there's not not a lot of other miles of the fight with there in Oakland. I think he's a lot like Cook last year, but uh, that's that's a every week starting tight end. Yeah, I think he. I think the comparisons to Cook are are pretty easy, and that um, both were those kind of those athletic freaks mm-hmm. tested well, had never really produced consistently. Uh, in, in Waller's case, he hadn't really hadn't had the chance in in, in part due to his own uh, his, his own issues that you mentioned there. The difference for me between those two guys is you look at Cook last year and and he's kind of having that breakout year that we've all been waiting for, but it he does it at uh, what thirty one or thirty two years old and um, even on relatively fresh legs he he doesn't have that many years left in the NFL just. Uh, just due to his age, but Waller's 27. Uh, again, a little bit older for for a breakout, but we always we, we always know those tight ends take some time mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, you have to think, best case scenario, he could have three, four, or five years in the league left at least. So uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm all in. He's a guy I would be investing uh, investing in, and I don't think even with his his impressive play, I don't think his Values going crazy, like maybe uh, maybe is the case with a guy like Mark Andrews, that second year tight end who's also performing really. Yeah, well. and I think he's right in that class. I mean, if Andrews is skyrocketing, I think he should as well. Would you, if I offered you Najoku for him, who's injured now, or Howard, who's under underperforming, or Henry, who's injured? I mean, those guys are all kind of their own tier. Like, I don't think anyone's going to give you Evan Ingram for him, but how about those other guys whose seasons haven't gone so well? Yeah, I've still, I've still got those guys ahead of mm-hmm. him but um, and, and kind of in their own tier. But for me, Waller is, is right behind that. So um, if I'm getting something back on top of that or uh, if I can flip one of the others outside of that tier, then – then that's a move I'm making. I mean, we're we're talking about guys like Austin Hooper, um, McDonald, Cook. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. I think a, a tough one for me would be Dallas Goddard. We we feel like we're not going to get much out of him this year mm-hmm. with uh, with the Ertz, you know, with Ertz still being there, at least not much on a consistent basis. Um, but he's still a player I, I really believe in long term. So that would be a tough. How about Fant? Trade for me. I'd rather have Hawkinson. That's why I didn't bring him up. But Fant, I think I might have rather have Waller. Yeah, I've I've got Fant ranked higher. But if you're in that spot where you you need tight end help, and it's really easy to be in that spot this year because we've got, uh, like you said, we've got some guys we were counting on as fantasy starters who are not producing. Mm-hmm. Um, then and then and then some guys Henry and Njoku and others. Uh, going down with injury. So, yeah, if, if you're a contender and you need that, that production now, I, I don't mind moving Fant. And, and when it all comes down to it, I'd, I'd probably flip Goddard or, or maybe even Njoku or, uh, or or Henry for that immediate production. Yeah, right. I mean, you're in win-now mode and you're taking low numbers at the tight end position. Yeah, go get him because it's not like he's going to kill you long-term either. Um, hey, folks, I need you to do me a favor and do what I did and join the 10 million of us who have tried Harry's. You can claim your special trier offer by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. I've told you about them many times, and quite a while back, um, I only would use an electric razor. 
because my skin's very sensitive and get lumpy and bumpy. And when I use the straight razor, even though I preferred it, I would preferred to use a blade until I find, found Harry's. And now I shave every day. I'm, I'm very particular about it. I shave every day with Harry's and I love it. So, um, I don't know why you wouldn't, to be honest with you. They're a quality, durable blade at a very fair price. Only $2 a blade. They've cut out the middleman. They own a world-class blade factory in Germany that's making some of the best razor blades in the world now for 99 years. Harry now can provide great quality at factory direct prices. Harry's is also a brand you can be proud of. 1% of sales are donated to organizations that provide access to mental health care for men. And there's no risk for trying out Harry's. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund, of course. And listeners to our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. You get a wonderful weighted ergonomic handle with a, for a firm grip. I like that quite a bit. Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. So, as I said, go to harrys.com slash dynasty to start shaving better today. Matt, for the rest of the show today, I'd like to focus on the quarterback position. Um, it really does feel, I mentioned this earlier, it really does feel like this has just been the the spotlight position in in fantasy this year with so much uh, so much news some some new players new starters that are uh, that are certainly exciting some of the guys that we've counted on for years are now out with injuries uh, or or simply just disappointing and and playing poorly so let's kind of go through a few different categories here and and just want to get your quick thoughts on some of these guys in week three, we had five backup quarterbacks playing uh, who who were not not expected to start the season. Uh, we've got Kyle Allen in Carolina taking over for Cam Newton. Uh, they're, they're not giving us much information on Cam. Sounds like he will be back soon, but we talked about this last week. He did not, has not looked good, no. did not look good the first couple weeks. Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh, obviously Ben Roethlisberger's season's over. We talked about Rudolph a lot last week. Uh, Gardner Minshew also mentioned him. Nick Foles will be back. It's thought that he would will be back in week 11, and I'm wondering if he's going to have a job in week 11. We'll see what happens with that. Luke Falk, the third stringer for the Jets, just, just terrible, <laughs> right, honestly. Right. And and it, it ended up being Teddy Bridgewater, not Taysom Hill, at quarterback for the Saints. We thought Teddy would get the start. Uh, Taysom Hill didn't uh, didn't throw a single pass at all in Week Three. So Teddy is the guy there, uh, at least for the time being. Uh, we we know based on last week that you really like Mason Rudolph long term. Just just quick thoughts on what you saw in week three from those guys. Yeah, I kind of lump these guys in different categories. Falk to me, kind of like you said, by I don't you're just in there because they can't find anything else, and uh, Darnold should be back in two weeks or so. I read today, so he has he doesn't change anything to me. Teddy is who he is. Like I don't know that his stock went up, even though they got a big win. I think he's a lifetime backup. If Breeze happens to retire after this year. I would think Teddy starts next season, but they probably draft someone. Like, I bet they're not thrilled with him and see him as a successor. Where Rudolph, I think, is a successor. Didn't play great, that's for sure. And honestly, even if he hits and he succeeds Ben for the next 10 years, 
he's going to be more Rivers than he is, you know, Rivers Stafford type. I don't know that he'll ever be a massive fantasy producer. And I look at Allen and I look at Minshew, and I'm with you. I think Minshew, both these guys might start the rest of the year. I don't know that that's all that far-fetched, especially Minshew, as you mentioned. And I look at them as they just made themselves millions of dollars as the Matt Castle, Matt Schaub, you know, backup. Maybe not Schaub. Castle's a better example. Come in, be a successful backup, and then hold a clipboard for the next million years and make $5 million a year and have a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allen is really the, the interesting one to me. I know a lot, a lot of people like to talk about Gardner Minshew and kind of his uh, unique uh, characteristics. <laughs> but Kyle Allen, with with the, the coaching staff really not giving us much information about Cam Newton, Kyle Allen played late last season and played well, but that was kind of mop-up duty. We didn't know what to take of that. And, and then he comes out in week three and – throws four touchdown passes and honestly plays better than Cam has in the past two months worth of regular season yeah. that go, going back into uh, into late last season. So just after – I know it was one game, but after what we saw on Sunday, it, it feels like it would be tough just to go right back to Cam Newton as bad as he looked to start the season. So that is, that is one I would be watching closely, and it goes without – uh goes without saying, if any of those guys are on the waiver wire in a super flex league, I think actually Kyle Allen is the one most likely to be still out there. Uh, I would be scooping him up with uh, with Luke Falk as the exception. Let's, let's just leave him alone. Yeah, I agree. And I do think Allen might hurt Will Greer's stock a little bit, you know, I mean, yeah. for sure. Yep. Um, I think we should pump the brakes a little because I do think it's, I think it's possible that Arizona has the worst defense in the league or certainly in the conversation. But still, I mean, I benched DJ Moore in my redraft league. I don't know that you need to worry about those type of guys. You know, Olsen in particular really shined, but the, I think their weapons will be just fine with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Olsen, Olsen had two scores. DJ Moore got one. Curtis Samuel got one. So uh, he was he was taking care of all the, all the guys that you want um, – to have in your in your starting lineup we also had a couple of new starters uh after benchings for ryan uh, benchings of ryan fitzpatrick and of course eli manning which was a huge story last week Uh, i mean josh rosen is what he is there we know the deal in miami they're going to be looking for a new starter in 2020 almost certainly probably probably tua or whoever they choose at that 101 spot. But let's let's talk about Daniel Jones. We have to. You mentioned him a little bit earlier. I mean, how impressive was this guy? Uh, kind of put your scouting hat on. One game, what what were your takeaways for Daniel Jones and, and kind of throw some fantasy inside? Yeah, and I, I wrote an article about him recently. I mean, and I'm the first to admit that I wouldn't have taken him at six. I got on the Giants for doing so. I uh, didn't really love the prospect, but preseason kind of doesn't matter, but it kind of does. You know, like I thought he was great in the preseason and, you know, passed every test and certainly did the same this past week. Looks very comfortable. He looks well coached. Um, there's that cut clip thing that the Giants loved about him that you can kind of see already. Good athlete. Um, encouraged. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I put out a poll on Twitter after that game asking which New York uh, starting quarterback would would you prefer in a dynasty league, of course, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold. And Daniel Jones won that poll pretty easily. There was, hmm. there was quite, a, quite a bit of pushback on that. Um, some you, you recency know, bias. About, yeah, right, some recency bias. It's only one game, and, and those things are all very understandable. Uh, my points were, and, and I'm not – I mean, I don't consider myself a Daniel Jones fan like you just said, and, and really like everybody said, uh, most people thought it was a bad pick or um, – or at least bad value for the Giants. And I think we were just so so locked in on just destroying anything that the Giants right. did. That they, were, they were almost in a, in a no-win situation there. But um, it, after one, one game, it's looking like it was a good pick. Uh, but anyway, Jones versus Darnold in Dynasty, what Jones did yesterday was already a, a better game than anything we've seen from Darnold. You look at their uh, their their weapons around them, and and, I, and of course Barkley is is gone for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, thinking a little more long term, since we're talking dynasty, Jones has Barkley, Ingram, Shepard. Uh, most likely, they are going to have a high draft pick next year, and and the same could be said for the Jets. But uh, you look at the Jets and Le'Veon Bell, who they're going to give a million touches to, and. Uh, I mean, their wide receiver group is is basically Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson. Uh, those guys are, are really good at at what they're good at. You know, Crowder's that that short short short, uh, guy. short yardage yeah, right. guy, right? And and Anderson is the burner down the sidelines, and they both are are good at that, but they're not great all around receivers. Um, they'll get the the tight end Herndon back soon, but when you're looking and, and comparing those. Uh, those those w- groups of weapons. I don't think it's even. It's not even a conversation. To no, me. including uh, the O line. Right, yeah. right. So, I I don't think it's. I think there's a lot of recency bias in general in, in fantasy and and even in dynasty. Uh, even though we we like to talk about the the long game, it's it's hard not to be impacted by what we just saw. I don't really think this is a case of recency bias. I don't think it's crazy to to want Daniel Jones over Sam Darnold on your dynasty. No, I don't either. The more I think about it, because like exactly to your point, I think Jones's supporting cast and running ability, we know how important that is, are clearly better than Darnold's, at least for a year or two. And who knows, but you know, I mean, and Darnold's never going to be a great runner. If you said... My favorite team X traded for one of the two. I would still prefer Darnold. I mean, I think he's the better quarterback prospect. But for fantasy, he's a different game, and those two factors are awful large. So I think I'd prefer Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good way to think about it. We've got a few quarterbacks, Matt, who who are just not getting the job done. Just just struggling through the early part of the season. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota. And then a couple of bigger names that were near the top of dynasty rankings, Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. I especially want to hear your thoughts on Mayfield. He was a guy after 
after his rookie season, who was kind of sitting in that low-end QB1 range. He's maybe ranked between 8 and 12, uh, according to most. That's where he was going in ADP as well. And, and then they make the trade for Odell Beckham. And we immediately vault him up to a top three quarterback based on really based on that alone, honestly, um, and along with just the the overall hype that that we saw going on for the Browns this offseason. And um, I, I don't I don't think losing that game to the Rams is a huge disappointment. Uh, I think a, a month ago or six weeks ago, we probably would have penciled that in as a loss. Mm-hmm. But um, that that rough loss uh, in week one to the Titans, really a blowout loss. And, and overall Mayfield has not looked good. What are we, what are we doing with Baker Mayfield dynasty? I'm still a believer. Although the, the height of his hype, I was never that much of a believer. Like, I mean, in terms of rankings, I always had him lower before the season started than others, but he does not, he's not playing well. He looks confused at times and has seen things that he doesn't expect. He's not very comfortable, and his pass protection is dreadful. I mean, it's really, really bad. Um, they should call the Redskins about Trent Williams or, you know, whatever. But I still got to think that this is going to be a high-end quarterback for the many years and a dynasty starter. So this might be the time to grab him, but I don't think his, his ceiling's as high as... Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Watson, you know, those type of dudes. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's kind of a mixed response, but I tend to think this is the lowest his stock will be. No, I think that's that's fair and that's good perspective because both of those can be true that his ceiling's not, not quite as high as maybe we thought it was a month mm-hmm. ago, but uh, he can still could still be a, a, a buy low in Dynasty and, and get a good return from it long term. Uh, and, and then last category I wanted to look at is maybe maybe these guys are, are the new studs, the new top guys, uh, or at least in that top group. And, of course, Lamar Jackson, I don't think there's much argument there. We've, we've talked about him. Uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, the the Cardinals stink. <laughs> Kyler Murray's the Kyler Murray is putting up numbers. Uh, the one I wanted to ask you about and, and just see if you think he belongs in this group is Josh Allen. Slightly, he'd be third of those three for me. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes. yes. Yeah. But I am very impressed with the young man because he's another one that I would not have drafted as high as the Bills drafted him in the real world, and only for one reason is his accuracy was so poor, and I didn't think it would ever get better. And maybe, you know, with a, a legit offensive line and, and some legit wide receivers that they invested in in Buffalo and a lot of hard work. And everyone talks about he's like the most likable dude, the best teammate, super hard worker. I think he's turning into a good quarterback. And he's his weaknesses, his accuracy in particular, are getting better. And you don't see that very often. I think he's sort of the exception to the rule with that. I would think that he... I would guess Ty, I don't know. I was just thinking in runners, are Lamar and Kyler going to remain runners longer than Allen? Probably not. I mean, he's, they're both three are so good at it. Um, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board. I mean, I think he's an every week starter. That's a pretty good football team. And he's an improving player in the real world. 
Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. I've moved him way up my rankings lately. I, I guess my, my only concern with him, you look at some of these other young quarterbacks, um, you know, Mahomes, obviously, but even guys a little bit further down, Carson Wentz, uh, you, you know, maybe you do this with, with Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson. You think you get those guys on your dynasty team and you're set for the next eight years, right? And you don't even have to worry about the position. I don't think I feel that way about Josh Allen. It feels like there's a still a low floor there, and maybe that's because he does rely so much on uh, on the run that it, it could fall apart quickly um, if things go really wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't disagree with that. His weapons aren't great; they're improved, but they're not great. Um, but he is getting better. I mean, uh, I, I don't know that it's like like when I, I wasn't quite playing Dynasty then, but like when Andrew Luck came out, like I'm, there was that argument. I'm sure, hey, you know, just draft this guy early in your rookie draft, plug him in for the next thirty years, and you'll be fine. You know, like, yep. <laughs> and we saw how that turned out. But right, didn't didn't go no. away. Matt, let's wrap up the show today and and try to come to a consensus between the two of us on our dynasty quarterback rankings. We'll, we'll try to get through the top 10 and I think we'll get through number one pretty quickly. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like this goes beyond where does he rank in, in the quarterback landscape right now? And I mean, is this, is this guy one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time? I mean, I know we're only talking about a little over a season, but just, just when you talk about talent and where his early career numbers rank? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, situation obviously is awesome, and they keep you know replenishing with the Hardmans of the world and Demarcus Robinson. And, um, I, I'm sure they said this about a couple other quarterbacks that came in the league and took the world by storm, but most of them were Marino-like and kept it up, you know? I mean, I tend to think that... He's going to win a lot of MVPs. You know, he's going to do remarkable things, and it's not a fluke. I mean, I do think he'll probably throw a few more interceptions or a higher interception interception uh, ratio than we've seen thus far because he's such a risk-taker, risk but so what? Yeah. We've both been typically late-round quarterback guys as we build our dynasty teams. Uh, yesterday, uh, or, or Sunday, I should say, is – as we were watching these games, our buddy Adam Harstad, who we've had on the show, writer at Football Guys, asked me if, basically, if I thought Mahomes should be a first-round dynasty startup pick. Mm. I wasn't quite there yet, even with his amazing play, just due to that, um, the, the depth at the quarterback position. What about you? It's just against my principles too much. I'm just yeah. sorry. I mean, there's I'm sure there's a great argument. He's awesome. I have nothing bad to say about him except that he's a quarterback. Yeah. I think thinking about who you're looking at in the first round and, and you've got you've got five running backs, basically, if you mm-hmm. want to include Dalvin Cook in that. Uh, five running backs essentially have five wide receivers. I think we're looking at uh, Hopkins, Beckham, Adams, Thomas, Juju. Yeah. So that that gets you to ten players. And those five aren't quite as sexy as they used to be either. Right, right. So that's that's ten. You've got two spots left in that first round. So now, are you taking? I mean, over Nick Chubb. Chubb, I would take over him. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Mike Evans? Yeah. Okay. All right. So he's out of the first round for you. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's at least a, a pretty good conversation with guys like that versus Mahomes. So obviously Mahomes is locked in at our QB1 spot. Matt, who would be your QB2 right now in Dynasty? We're looking at, at options like Deshaun Watson. It's Watson. It's not even close, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was going to say Watson versus Lamar Jackson. I think those are probably the two top contenders. Mm-hmm. You think it's Watson easily? Yeah, done? I'm more convinced he's really good at football. Uh, and I'm a Lamar guy. I mean, in the real world, Lamar was my number one quarterback in that draft class. So I'm a believer. I just think Watson, I am more convinced, is... You know, if one of them's going to go to the Hall of Fame, I'm going to say it's Watson. Okay. Watson is also my QB2 in Dynasty, so uh, no argument there. We'll we'll pencil in Watson as our QB two. What about QB three? Is that Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Then uh, I don't know Baker Mayfield. Sorry, I don't know who number. I know who number three is. It's Lamar. I don't know who number four is though. Okay. I think that's when it gets All interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So uh, Jackson is my QB three as well. So we we're we're in agreement through three, and I agree. I'm with you as well on uh, QB four. I think the. The top tier is three deep for me, and if you want to say the top tier is really just Mahomes by himself and the second tier is Watson and Lamar, we could look at it that way as well. Quarterback four is is pretty open. Uh, Baker Mayfield, if you're still a believer in that uh, that hype and, and what they've got going there in Cleveland. Uh, Carson Wentz. Um, maybe it's Dak Prescott. For me, it's Kyler Murray. Yeah, I was thinking Dak or Murray. I think Dak's really good and has been underrated for a while. I love the system. It can't be Mayfield for me. Um, I, it's Dak or Murray would kind of be their own tier at four and five. All right, so you've got Dak and Murray there. Um, I've got Dak at seven overall. I do have him behind. I've still got him behind Mayfield, so I'm, I'm hanging on mm-hmm. to that for right now. Uh, but uh, obviously all of these guys uh, after Jackson are in the same tier. Uh, so let's see. Let's let's go Murray at four, and then I'll give you Dak at okay. five. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, that brings us to quarterback six. Again, some of these same names we talked mm-hmm. about. Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz uh, is maybe where we want to go with that. What do you think about him? That's my pick. Um, I am... I love the player. Like I always say, I always say I'm smitten with him. But he puts himself in harm's way a lot, and that—that's my only concern with Wentz. But if I have a if I have a injury prone quarterback, his backup isn't going to be some schlep. I mean, I'll find somebody, you know. So that's not the worst negative to have at that position for me. Let's go, Wentz at six. Are you ready for Baker Mayfield at seven? Now, can we do it? Yeah. Uh, some some other guys are getting into point, the veterans. Right. Yeah, we're getting into the veterans. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. No, and no. then uh, guys like Josh Allen. Maybe maybe we start talking about Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm sorry, Jared Goff is still in there. Let's go Baker Mayfield at seven. Yes, agreed. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that's a good landing spot. But he kind of gets it by default. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that is also the end of a tier. We've got Mahomes. Watson and Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray at four. We're being a little aggressive with that Mm -hmm. one. Uh, Dak Prescott at five, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield at seven. Three spots left. Let's figure out who these guys are. 
the next one on my list is is Jared Goff. Mine's Russell Wilson because I just think he's playing at the best football of his career. Okay, I've got Russ nine, okay. so I'll I'll seed that one to you at eight. You can have Goff at nine, then I think that's fair. Great offense. And let's see, I have currently Aaron Rodgers at ten. But I would not argue if you want to say Josh Allen. Honestly, Rodgers would not be in my top 10 at 35 years old, looking unhappy with this new offense, not producing. I'll take Allen. All right, let's go, Allen. I think you've convinced me I might even change my rankings and flip-flop those two. If, if I've got uh, if I've got Josh Allen, I don't think I would take Aaron Rodgers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just the age and, and some of the – the other things you mentioned there are, are are big enough concerns that I think we can put Allen ahead of Rodgers at this point. So that leaves that le- does leave Aaron Rodgers outside of our top ten, along with Matt Ryan. Uh, like I don't know, Rodgers is an every week starter now. Yeah, that's yeah, I think crazy that's to say. True. Yeah, uh, we didn't didn't even talk about Cam Newton. Of course, the injury yeah. hurting his value. Uh, going a little bit deeper, Jameis Winston. Sam Darnold we talked about earlier. So it, it gets pretty ugly pretty quickly. Uh, luck would have been really high, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Any chance he's coming back? I think there's a chance, but what do I know? I mean, I don't know that I would totally just give him up for nothing. I mean, if, it, if that was a stock down to a penny or whatever, I'd buy a couple shares. He may get bored doing traveling the world or doing whatever he's doing. Well, we, we've seen Calvin Johnson still on Dynasty roster. Yeah, so, Gronk. You know, right, we'll, right. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right, Matt, good stuff today. Uh, next week we will continue this type of conversation. We'll talk about week four, of course, and we'll try to figure out our tight end Dynasty rankings, and, and those are changing mm. quite a bit as well with guys like Waller we talked about Mark today. Andrews yeah. and Darren Waller. Yeah, crash, crashing the party. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Rebounds.